Welcome to The Essential Rhythm, science-based natural history and human ecology of the North Atlantic seashore. This is episode 97, Charismatic Megafauna, Northwest Atlantic Walruses. Earlier this summer, I traveled to the remote Magdalen Islands, a sandy archipelago in the Gulf of St. Lawrence, situated between Prince Edward Island, Cape Breton Island, and Newfoundland. The sparse landscape of these islands has been used by humans for a thousand years or more, first by indigenous people of the area, most recently those of the Mi'kmaq tribe, as well as European colonists. The economy has been mostly natural resource-based, various fisheries, sand, and rock salt, and now relies heavily on tourism, of which I was a willing participant. One little detail of the island's history jumped out at me, and I've been thinking about it ever since. One of the, quote, natural resources exploited on the island in historic times was an animal we would all recognize, the walrus. Walruses, scientific name Odobinus rosmaris, are found in a circumpolar distribution in the Arctic and subarctic, and are generally recognized as having two subspecies, a Pacific and an Atlantic. The Atlantic subspecies is currently the smaller of the two population-wise, and is made of four extant populations in the Canadian Arctic. Their name means tooth-walking seahorse, which is an apt description of this creature. You can probably easily bring a mental image of a walrus to mind. A large seal-like animal, pronounced bristles or whiskers, and those tusks. Two large tusks protrude vertically down from their face. The tusks are actually enlarged canine teeth, and they're used to help the walrus haul itself up onto sea ice, hence the moniker Toothwalker, as well as maintain breathing holes in the ice. Males will also use them in social interactions to establish dominance in a herd. The whiskers are technically called vibrissae and serve as a finely tuned sensory organ used primarily for feeding. They're sensitive enough to pick up vibrations in the water from swimming prey, like fish or squid, as well as enabling the walrus to differentiate clams from stones when foraging in bottom sediment. They look like seals because, well, they are seals, being part of the pinniped group, a subgroup of the order Carnivora. The pinnipeds are divided into three main types. True seals, like the common harbor seal we see daily here in Maine, eared seals, like sea lions, and walruses. Genetic analysis shows that walruses diverged from eared seals 15 to 20 million years ago, and that that lineage diverged from true seals 20 to 26 million years ago. The whole group diverged from a bear-like ancestor well before that, though the details are still debated. Another name found throughout historic European accounts of exploration of what would become Maritime Canada is the sea cow, given due to the large size of these animals. Adult males weigh a ton or more, females about half that. They're adept swimmers and spend two-thirds of their time in the water foraging, primarily near shore in relatively shallow water of the continental shelf, using sea ice and shoreline as haulouts for resting and pupping. Prior to European exploration and colonization of North America, it is estimated that there were many, many more walrus than humans in the Canadian Arctic and subarctic. This would have included the fifth population of Atlantic walruses, the one that inhabited the Magdalen Islands, as well as the coast of Newfoundland, Prince Edward Island, Cape Breton, and Sable Island in Nova Scotia. This group undoubtedly included populations in the Gulf of Maine, as several specimens of walrus bones have been found throughout the state. Many appear to date back to the immediate post-glacial period, 
when sea levels were changing rapidly and the characteristic blue-gray marine clay was deposited throughout much of the southern half of the state. The last walruses were seen on the Magdalen Islands in 1799 and on Sable Island in the 1800s. What happened to these creatures? Why don't we have walruses here today, like we have harbor and gray seals? You know why. It's the same old story. Commercial exploitation of a natural resource. European colonists hunted these animals to extinction in the Canadian Maritimes. Walruses have extraordinarily thick skin and six inches or more of blubber. This fat was rendered for oil just like whale blubber and sent back to the European market, as was the hide and the ivory from tusks. There's been conversation about the possibility of reintroducing walruses to the historic range of this extinct fifth Canadian maritime population, using Arctic animals as feeder stock. But wildlife managers have come to the conclusion that while they would not face hunting pressure, they would be extraordinarily difficult to transport humanely and would face the same rapidly changing conditions we are all subject to in the era of anthropogenic climate change. So for now, there will be no walruses around here anytime soon. Occasionally, the odd walrus will show up in an unexpected place, like the 2017 sighting off the coast of Newfoundland, or the 2021 arrival of a walrus in Ireland. Both were thought to be the result of animals on sea ice that was moving faster than the animal thought, rather than genuine attempts at recolonization of previous habitat. A few years ago, a friend swears he saw a walrus in Egamogan Reach, though I've never heard of any other local reports of this nature. So unless you happen to be at the right place at the right time, or willing to spend a lot of money and resources to travel to the Arctic, you sadly aren't likely to see a walrus in the wild anytime soon. This has been episode 97 of The Essential Rhythm, written and produced by me, Sarah O'Malley. The show is produced on traditional Wabanaki land. Did you know you could find the show as a podcast? Go to weru.org to learn more. The theme music is Lightstream by the artist Siddhartha, used by permission through Creative Commons. Thanks for listening and join us next week.